This podcast contains sexual themes and is intended for open-minded adults. If you're under the age of 18, you should stop listening now. You're listening to Sharing is Caring. In this podcast, we talk openly about our journey into the lifestyle, about opening our relationship and our lives to a whole new way of thinking. Come and share our adventures into sex positivity and ethical non-monogamy. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Sharing is Caring. I'm Kiwi. And I'm Sherry. And tonight's episode is about getting our kink on. (laughs) (laughs) So it's Tuesday night, we're relaxing on the couch. I wanted a gin and tonic, but I didn't have any tonic left. And we've got a mountain of wine in the house, so I thought it's time I start getting into it. A mountain of wine. We have an unreasonable amount of wine in the house. For the size of our flat, we've got about... 30 bottles of wine, plus we've got a lot more to bring back over. Well, you just forgot that half of this couple is French, so yeah, it's expected to have a lot of wine in the house. But you don't really drink wine. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a fan of red, that's true, but I like my white. So you were sitting on the couch, I'm having a glass of wine, Sherry was just messaging a couple over in the States, getting lots of pictures of naked women, well, yeah. a naked woman. <laughs> so that's a good start to the podcast. So what have we been up to recently? It hasn't been too long since we recorded our last podcast, like we promised. Yes, we, we've made good resolutions and we're keeping them. Always. For this time. <laughs> so we were over in uh, France on holiday last weekend. That's why we have a lot of wine now. Yeah, we always take a huge pile back with us. A huge pile. See, I had a huge mountain, a huge <laughs> pile. We always take quite a few bottles back with us and we have to lug our suitcases along and our backpacks filled full of wine. But anyway... When we were in France, I was happily having lunch, chilling out, relaxing, having a glass of wine. And uh, Sherry went out with her mother, just like disappeared out somewhere. Oh, it was not a surprise. You knew, <laughs> you knew what I was up to. I went to get a haircut. A big, bald haircut. <laughs> a bald haircut? <laughs> not bald as in <laughs> no hair left. Bald as in a statement. You came home, you look like Dr. Evil. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen Austin Powers. Anyway, how did you feel when you saw me first? I was I was shocked. Okay, I knew she was going to get a haircut. I knew it was going to be shorter. And I was a bit sceptical, you know. I, I'm not quite sure if I really would have liked her with short hair, but I was supportive. You never told me not to. I, I thought it's exciting. It's a change. You walk in and I just like freeze. <laughs> you stared at me. <laughs> I was shocked. You look like someone completely different. You, you told me, oh, you look good. <laughs> and I said, you look surprised. And you said, I am. <laughs> I thought, what? You expected me not to look good? So anyway, last weekend I had sex with a strange woman <laughs> with short hair. And then it turned out that I was married to her. <laughs> so that was even better. And I, I like how you get pleasure from simple, simple things. I'm a simple man. So for today's catch-up, we're also going to talk about Easter a bit more, because we just touched on it last time. Yes, we went away for the weekend, and we had a bit of um, an experience with new things. Yeah. Well, it wasn't exactly new, but it was... It was new for us. It was a bit more new. So we'll we'll carry carry on with that and follow that, that story. So we'd been driving for quite a while that day. We'd been driving for, what, a good four hours or so? And then we just had a big dinner... 
had a couple beers, were relaxing because the hotel we were staying at was also a restaurant. And we were relaxing and thought, oh, we'll go to bed. You know, it's getting a bit late. We're both really tired. So we're lying in bed and, you know, I was feeling a bit, feeling a bit horny. So I started trying to uh, seduce <laughs> Sherry over here. Initiate contact. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you were a bit tired from, well, you were doing all the driving, actually. Yeah. It's nice. I had a private chauffeur. <laughs> all the time. It's always me. Yeah. But you were a bit too tired, weren't you? So you were like, oh, no, just, just touch yourself, play with yourself. Yeah, I started giving a few instructions and you, you complied. Yeah. So when she's saying she was giving a few instructions, she was being very specific and... Very, very direct. Very direct with what I should be doing and how I should be doing it. Yes, it was like, do this, now do that. Now touch me here. Now touch yourself like that. Stop. So that's not something we've directly done before around issuing commands and having to follow them exactly. No, it was the first time. That was very enjoyable for me. Yeah, because you went from, I'm not really in the mood, you should touch yourself, to being really, really in the mood. I found it very exciting that you were doing exactly what I told you to. And then we ended up having unexpected, very kinky sex. Yeah, well, <laughs> initially I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to just go to sleep and it, I ended up being very in the mood, very quickly. And you just did everything I asked you to. We we discovered that Sherry quite enjoys giving orders and I quite enjoy following orders in the bedroom. Yeah, there was, there was a surprise for me because um, I always thought about myself more as a more of a sub than a dom. Not that I have a lot of experience in the matter, but trying this out was good fun and really sexy. What you're saying is we have to do it again. <laughs> of course we do. Keep recording the podcast for now. All right. The following day, when we were driving to the next place to have a look around, we were listening to... Uh, I think it was an episode of Swinging Down Under. Yeah, it was the episode at Desire. Yes, this is a po uh, another swinging podcast from Australia, I think. Yeah, far better than us. <laughs> Different accents. <laughs> <laughs> and they went to Desire and they had a, a live recording session, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, a few people. And they had asked everyone to do the BDSM test before they came on to the recording. So, yeah, we, we thought that was quite fascinating. So in the afternoon when we wound up at the pub, we were sitting by the river in the big beer garden full of people having a drink and filling in the BDSM <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was real fun. <laughs> and discussing the results. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a very short test to do if you go for the long version. It, it yeah. takes quite a while. It's, it's very comprehensive. It asks a lot of questions. Some of them I wouldn't even have thought were, were a thing. So we were that couple that were sitting in the pub, staring at their cell phones, <laughs> hardly talking. For like five, ten minutes. Yeah. And then we rejo rejoiced when we saw the result. So once you do the test, at the end it tells you a percentage for each aspect of kink, I guess. Like if you are into well, being a dumb or being a sub or being... A particular uh, classification yes. of domicile or whatever. And that's that's something we'll touch on. For our main topic, we'll be discussing kink. And to kick that off, we'll be talking about a few of the definitions of terms which are used in BDSM and kink. And that's mainly from the BDSM wiki because... Disclaimer, we are newbies. We have no experience. We don't know anyone 
in the lifestyle, this lifestyle, because they also call themselves a lifestyle, apparently. Yeah, we know people who dabble a bit, but not not who are completely into it. So we're very new ourselves. And I guess that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about our journey into the lifestyle and us learning things. So if we make mistakes, we apologize. Don't shoot us, please. But you can email us to teach us. Yeah. I'm happy to learn. Or abuse us. But please teach us. <laughs> Although they could abuse us. <laughs> so we're going to define a few um, a few terms which are used. And then after that, we're going to talk about some of the experience that we have with kink. And some of it may or may not actually be kink. But for the sake of this, we're saying it is. Well, kink is, isn't a kink anything you're into anyway. Yeah, true. And then... I found a really scientific list of the top 10 kinks in the UK. There was a survey done by Love Honey in 2017. We'll talk through those top 10 kinks and I'll see what Sherry thinks about them. And then Then we'll share our results. Yay. So we'll talk about what our results were from the BDSM test. So you're going to have to wait all that time to know what we're into. Yeah. So it's like TV programs. They give you like, here's a taster of what's to come. Mm, I like a taste. So if you want to know what we like, skip ahead. No, no, don't skip ahead. Wait and listen to it all. And then we'll talk about what we might do in future. Like what what, what are the next steps for this? Mm-hmm. But first the definitions. So I have my lovely French assistant here to read out assistant. some of these definitions. Uh, I'm the French director. Sorry. My co-host. So first thing first, BDSM. What is it? It stands for bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, and sa- sadism and masochism. All right. So I think we all know. So it's actually an acronym which is made up of three different acronyms. It's not just BDSM. It's BDDSSNM. Yeah, it, it's quite tricky actually when you don't know. You you think it's just four words. Yeah. It's a lot more than that. Then you can talk about a scene. This is an activity involving one or more people and may or may not involve sexual activity. Sometimes a scene can be called play or session. I think I quite like the term scene. It's a good way to describe like something happening, which is like within a certain, like, I don't know, within a box. It sets a scene. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then another major one, as usual, is consent. Consent in the realm of BDSM is an informed uncoerced, enthusiastic, revocable permission for something to happen. So that's that's not too different from consent outside of BDSM. Yep. So you negotiate consent up front. You talk about what your boundaries are, what you're into, what you're not. And that becomes the basis for the scene. Yes, as you could see in Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> they have a very detailed contract about what she's ready to have done to her and what she won't have done to her. Oh, clearly, yeah, yeah. It's a great depiction of negotiating consent in a healthy relationship right there. This goes to show how much I know about it because my reference is Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Isn't it sad? I need to learn more. Uh, then we can talk about top and bottom. So the top would be the person performing the action, whereas the bottom would be the person having the action performed on them. So... Quite straightforward. For example, during flogging, the person swinging, the flogger, Uh. (laughs) would be the top and the person being flogged would be the bottom. Then we can also talk about dominant or dom. 
which is the person of authority or in control of a power exchange um, relationship or a scene. The term can also be used to describe someone with a series of dominant personality traits. The submissive, also called sub, it's somebody who gives up uh, some degree of authority and or control to a dom. In giving up control, it is in the context of the pre-negotiated consent, which we mentioned before, and they remain in complete control of when they want to end the scene. And the term can also be used to describe someone with a series of submissive personality traits. We clearly haven't been reading off our notes. That's clearly from memory and we just know all about this. <laughs> uh, when you're giving out definition, it needs to be structured anyway. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of confusion between top and bottom and dom and sub and people think they're extremely interchangeable. Um, but that's something which I always knew there was a difference, but it hasn't really clicked too much in my mind because you often think, oh, someone's top, they're going to take a dominant role. But they actually are completely different and someone can be a dominant in a bottom role. And likewise, someone can be submissive in a top role and it can be the person who's the bottom is giving the top instructions about what to do to them. Oh, so, yeah. For me, I always thought that uh, top and bottom only referred to gay guys. So um, I guess a lot of uh, learning for me tonight as well. Also, top, bottom, um, dominant, submissive, they're all gender-neutral terms. So it doesn't refer to any sexuality, any uh, specific gender. That's all neutral. Anyone can be any of these. You can basically. be anything you want. Of course, I'm a unicorn. When I grow up, I want to be submissive. <laughs> I mean, when I grow up, I want to be dominant. I think you make a great submissive. All right, then there's a safe word, which is a word or action or combination, uh, which signifies that the bottom or sub is uncomfortable or has reached their limits and the scene should stop immediately. So essentially, if you use your safe word, everything has to come to a stop. I suppose if, if a scene was to continue after the safe word had been said, it would be a breach of consent. Yeah, essentially using a safe word is revoking consent and saying this needs to stop right now. And the scene going should, too far. Yeah, it's going too far or the person is no longer enjoying it or they're just uncomfortable and then needs to stop right away. Everyone needs to make sure that the person is then comfortable and that follows in very quickly too. To aftercare. Nice segue. <laughs> so aftercare, this refers specifically to the attention given to a partner, usually the bottom, at the end of a scene. So aftercare often includes the top or dom utilizing various pampering techniques or on the bottom of or sub in an effort to provide comfort to everyone after having an intense experience that can leave an individual, top or bottom, in a vulnerable state. But this is not always the case. So I, I read a bit on the internet about, um, it's called sub-drop, which is the state a sub can get after the endorphins have uh, plummeted mm -hmm. after a scene. That's often referred to as, as subspace when a submissive gets into that frame of mind where they just focus on nothing else and time seems to you lose track of time mm. and it's all this going on. So once you pass through that and that wears off and the endorphins go away. And then it's a sub drop. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And the last one, <laughs> squick. 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 So it's something which makes you feel squeamish or icky. 
It's different to finding something disgusting because there is no judgment or moral connotations here. It's purely around your reaction to it. So sometimes you might find something a bit icky, but it's because you've grown up in a world that tells you that this is icky, but maybe you don't feel that it is. So it's a it's a separation between the terms mm-hmm. which have moral connotations and other terms saying it's just like, I'm I'm repulsed by the idea of it. I can see why you'd be interested in it, but it's not for me. Yeah. So because Sherry did such a good job of reading out the long, long listener question <laughs> last week, I've made her read that long list. Yeah, that was again. Well, I'm I'm being the bottom here. No, I'm being the top and doing the stuff, or I'm being the bottom because you're making me do the stuff. No, you're being the submissive because I told you you had to read that list and you did it. And. I'm a sub-top or sub-bottom here? You've been the bottom because you're the one reading the list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, this is so complicated. <laughs> so, yeah, that was me being forced, coerced. Oh, no, there's no coercion normally. <laughs> well, anyway, this has to go. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Sorry for the editing future Kiwi. What experience do we have with kinks and doing things which people would generally consider to be kinky not much to be honest no we're both probably no we won't say that first point i'll delete that because that's going to spoil the results in the other one i'm sure it's a big mystery but we'll we'll keep that till the end oh oh i've already hinted at it earlier (laughs) a little more than a hint so we just generally do some light spanking every now and then or light flogging. flogging. Oh, yeah. that's, that's my thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but nothing beyond what you'd expect from a lot of couples who are just not into the BDSM lifestyle or anything. Just a slap or two on the ass type thing. Not any heavy spanking or heavy flogging. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, restraints. So... So we got some bondage tape, which we really enjoy using. It's a lot of fun. So bondage tape is, it's made of plastic and it doesn't stick to anything except itself. So it's really fun and useful for tying people up and tying tying you to things. Yeah. And it's nice and easy to remove and you don't, it doesn't cut off circulation. It doesn't hurt. Diet. It doesn't hurt. You're not ripping off hairs when you remove it. And then... Last year, I think it was, I bought some underbed restraints. And it was a surprise to me one day where, where we were about to have sex. He just pulled them out and was like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah, you said, do whatever you want to me. So I tied you down with the new restraints, tickled you with a feather for a while. And also, I had to put earplugs on and the eye mask. So I, I was restrained and couldn't see or hear what was happening. Ah, sensory deprivation, yeah. Yeah. We've done a little bit of pegging, which I really enjoy. I mean, you mean I've done? <laughs> I've been pegged a few times. <laughs> but that's that's more or less it. I guess when we go down to our list further below of go the... Yeah, when we go down mm-hmm. to the list further below, we'll find a few extra things which turn out to be classified as kinks that we didn't think of. But because we wrote in this order... We'll stick with this being our list for now. <laughs> for now. All right. So you're going to read out a list of kinks and then we're going to say what we think of each other. 
of them. Yeah, say if we've done it before, if we've dabbled, what we, what we think of it, whether it's interesting, then you might learn something or two about you. The first thing first, number one, filming sex. I would say occasionally, and we enjoy it a lot. And it could be a way that someone could potentially make some money by selling those then filmed things on the internet or having people watch live. Is that a, is that a possibility? <laughs> it is a possibility indeed. Oh, yes, you're looking very innocent with your halo above you there. I'm always looking innocent. I've been told I was too innocent to be at an event. If you haven't guessed by Sherry's very suggestive way of talking about that, we have we've done a fair bit of filming and sold some things and whatnot in camera shows. That's something we have a lot of fun doing. We go through periods of doing it more and less. Yeah, it's a less period, but we've been busy with um, a lot of other things. It's been a less period of a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. Also, taking photos and posting photos is a oh, lot of fun. Yeah. And we have quite a following. Yeah. Which we need to maintain. Yes, so we need to get back to it. Mm. What are you doing after this? Oh, taking photos of us. <laughs> Number two, BDSM. All right, well, we've already covered that. Um, we're starting to dabble into it with uh, me having been... A dom once telling you what to do. Um, other than that, we're more of the sub type, both of us, I think, normally. More submissive, yeah, but maybe we'll get onto that BDSM test result. Oh, you really want to <laughs> wait until the test results? Okay. No, so, test results are interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I, feel, I feel like having BDSM on your list of kinks is kind of, I don't know, it seems kind of obvious. That it's just it seems too much too encompassing to have as a single answer. Yeah. Oh, we recently watched the first season of that series, Bonding, on Netflix. Was it Bonding or Bondage? No, it was Bonding. Bonding. Yeah, Bondage would have been too obvious. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and it's about um, a dumb woman. A dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. Who who gets paid to work on submissives, basically. And she hires a high school friend to come and be her assistant. Yeah. Assistant slash bodyguard. Yeah. It's, and it's quite funny. It's really good humor. It makes you want to come back for more. Yeah. It keeps you entertained. And they're both really hot. Yeah. So if you're bi, it's like the perfect show. But I don't know how um, true to life it is. As in, someone who's really in the scene, in the BDSM lifestyle what they would think about this show. Yeah, how they'd react to it. That'd actually be interesting. If anyone has any thoughts on the reactions to that show, yeah. do let us know. That'd be interesting to know. All right, I think it's up for number three now. Yes, number three, sexual roleplay. Ooh. I feel like I'm reading out the draw from the chocolate wheel. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I think it's like you're reading out results for a competition or something. Yeah. So sexual role play. I don't think we have much experience in that. Do we? Well, that's sort of how we got into the lifestyle to begin with. When we were talking about it and dabbling in it, we were doing a bit of role play and fantasizing while we were having sex. Mm. 
Oh, that's what you call role play. I guess, no, we weren't really doing role play. We were more incorporating fantasies and situations than dressing up and pretending to be other people. Yeah, because for me, role play is like, oh, let me put my wig on and my nurse outfit and you'll be the patient and I'll be the naughty nurse or something like that. Oh. <laughs> or meeting at a bar somewhere And separately. pretending not to know each other. That does sound like fun. We should try that at some point. Yeah, we we said we would go <laughs> we would go to a speed dating event pretending not to know each other and then make out in the middle of the room at some point just to <laughs> shock people around us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, their date's going well. <laughs> anyway, so role play not yet. No. That's just surprising. We should try it out. Yeah, especially since it involves some fancy dress, so, you know. Number 4, rubber latex and leather. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Um, we don't have any latex, I don't think. No, but I like the I like the idea of it, the sound of it. When people talk about it, how it really clings to your body and it's quite, I don't know. Compressing. Compressing, yeah. <laughs> um, leather. Uh, we don't have any either, do we? No. I mean, we have leather shoes, but that's not really part yeah, of it. I don't think we have any leather. I guess leather oh, also... That, that little thingy here. Oh, the flogger. Yeah, the flogger's leather. Yep, but we don't have any leather clothing or anything like that. No. I think as a man, it might just be in my head, but I feel like leather has a lot more connotations, more with the gay lifestyle than, for example, latex or or uh, rubber does. Yeah, but you're bi anyway, so you can Yeah, you I can, can pull it off. It. Yeah. And rubber. Can you see me with like a leather harness, some little leather hot pants, a little hat on? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, sounds good. We're gone line after this. Um, then rubber. So I'm not too sure what that, that entails. Rubber. You you neither. <laughs> <laughs> like an eraser? <laughs> exactly. That's just part of the top 10 you've added it, but you have no clue either. Yeah. Okay. Well. I think it just falls into that category of like rubber clothing. It's a material. The rubber ducks. People who love rubber ducks. We I wonder what's, what's the name for that? Uh, I'm sure there must be a name for that kink. The rubber duck kink. Yeah. Thankfully, we have something called the internet. Uh, it might just be called a rubber duck fetish. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop searching for that. That's I'm getting off topic here. It's getting out of hand. All right. We're up to number five. Yes, number five, spanking. We've already covered that. I think we, we do a little bit of it. Not every time, but um, we both enjoy it. Being the spanker or the spanky. So how would you feel about a proper spanking? So someone using, not a flogger, a, uh, a paddle or even their hand to properly give you a good spanking? Or a paddle? Um, I'm not too sure. I don't enjoy the pain that much. So um, if it stays within normal levels, I would... I- I might get excited, but as soon as it's too painful, it's not for me. Mm. How about you? I'd be willing to try it out. I'd be willing to try it out. It's not something that I could think... Yeah, likewise, like with you, pain isn't something I'm into. I'm not into masochism, but I I tried out. I can see definitely see the appeal of it. I well, think I'd enjoy it. You say that you, you try everything twice, so... Exactly. Let's, let's do it one day. Uh, number six. Oh, this is your one. Foot worship. Yes. D- do I need to say more? 
Yes. Yes, yes please. Do you love feet? Well, no. But I want people to love my feet. <laughs> so you love having your feet touched and rubbed and... And caressed, and caressed and everything. And licked and sucked. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't mind that. But the touched is number one for me. Oh, yes. The only problem that it can't really be that much of a king because it just puts me to sleep instantly. So you don't get aroused from it, but you're happy to find someone who does get aroused by it. Yeah. Yeah. If someone wants to to have fun touching my feet, that yeah, they can have fun. Is that an offer out there to our listeners? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if you love feet, sure is your woman. <laughs> oh, then I can have a nap. Number seven, cross-dressing. Um, I'm not too sure about that one. I don't find men dressing as women particularly attractive. I think it's more the feeling of the person who is cross-dressing it's their feeling that it gives them so it's the experience of feminizing yourself and putting yourself into a completely different role mm. i guess it falls similarly into the role play yeah i can definitely see the appeal it's not something i've done before i think it's probably a lot more it might be an assumption here but it's probably a lot more men to women cross-dressing than women to men i've never seen women to men actually because women's it's normal for women to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Trousers, yeah. yeah. That's not something which is shocking. Even you know, a pantsuit. But men aren't allowed to wear dresses and skirts and tights and those sorts it's of things. It's more transgressive for a man to dress as a woman than to, for a woman to dress as a man. Mm. So it's the taboo of wearing clothing that you shouldn't. Mm. So you'd like to wear my, my skirt one day with my bra? I think we should try it out. I think it could be fun. Oh, yeah, it would definitely be fun. <laughs> I don't think I'd go out dressed up as a woman. I don't think it's something I'd do regularly, but I think it's something that could get could be a bit of fun. Even in cap, you wouldn't do it? No, it's not. Because we saw someone do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people do it. It's just not. it's not something that I would do to go out. All right. What's the next one? Number eight, water sports. What is that? So water sports is pee play. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea that was that. Um, so jet skiing, water skiing. Well, that's what it sounds like. Wakeboarding. I thought it was having sex in a pool or something. It's a lot of fun. I love that. <laughs> um, not, not really something that I'm attracted to, but I wouldn't be against trying it one day. If if we had to, or if, yeah, if, if we were bored. To. If we were bored and we're like, oh, let's try this. So someone right. broke into the house and was holding a gun to your head and said, I'm going to shoot you unless... You pee on me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll pee on you. Okay. <laughs> no, I call that. I've already peed myself for, for fear. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... Pff, whatever. Yeah, it's, it don't have strong feelings one way or the other. Yeah, likewise, it's not something which I'm attracted to, but it's not something that I'm against. I guess I'd like to try it, see what it's like. Maybe would you, you be would you be the PE or the PE? I guess I like to try both ways. All right. Well, I knew you like you like it both <laughs> ways anyway. Okay. So I think maybe in the shower one day together, or 
somewhere outdoors where you can actually have a shower or jump in the ocean afterwards or get clean. I think yeah. I'd want somewhere I could get clean. Oh, yeah. Easily. I wouldn't do it in the bed or anything like that. That sounds out of place. Yeah. Yeah, shower. Shower play. It's called water sports after all. Yeah. So number nine is shocking. You know what I say? <gasps> number nine. You'll never believe number nine. No. So number nine, swinging. <gasps> Swingers. Swingers. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think we we've pretty much covered that one. Um, so what is swinging? <laughs> it's ethical mon- non-monogamy. <laughs> I can't even say that. <laughs> it's one form of ethical non-monogamy. <laughs> so what specifically is swinging within the paradigm of ethical non-monogamy? Wait, let me do it again. So swinging is drum roll. Ethical non-monogamy. So swinging is a form of ethical non-monogamy, but within the ethical non-monogamy paradigm, what exactly is swinging? Because we've got a lot of other things. It's playing with other people. I guess that's that's a whole other kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, to because there's that, what, what just so many. Like you can play together, play separately, uh, soft swap, full swap. It's just there's so many. We can't define swinging in. So having sex outside of your relationship with the consent of your partner, with or without them around, mm, because that sort of thing. It's it's the one area where we know a bit about it, so <laughs> we have a lot to say. Yeah. But it's one of the forms of ethical mon- non-monogamy. It's so hard to say. <laughs> and number 10, exhibitionism slash sex outdoors. Woohoo. Um, I'm not that much of an exhibitionist. <laughs> I, I'm not, though. Kiwi is super exhibitionist. And he thinks that I'm super exhibitionist because I go along each time he has one of his naughty ideas, but he's a real exhibitionist. I am slightly exhibitionist, but not as much as him, because if it could be, if it was up to him, he would be going around naked and fucking people in front of everyone all the time. So let's let's clear this up here. Let's clear the air. Who's the one that's always, when we're out and about, you're just sneaking, oh, let me give you a blowjob here quickly, or just start touching me, lightly and unzipping my trousers you know who's who's the one who's always trying to let's have sex here we might get caught like yeah yeah we might it's more about playfulness than exhibitionism i think okay okay so it's playful exhibitionism (laughs) no i think it's just no it's not exhibitionism I, i don't know ah i don't have the words but i don't think it's pure exhibitionism as in Ooh, I want people to see me have sex. It's actually more the fear of being caught. But I don't want to be caught, really. That will fall into the sex outdoors uh, category. All right, if you say so. And that was number 10. Woohoo! We've done the, yeah, the top 10 kinks. Yep, in the UK from 2007 as... 2017, you said? Yes, from 2017 as decided by Love Honey readers, subscribers, buyers, customers... That's the word yeah, I'm looking so for. Yeah, so it's a, it's a sure thing. Yep. All right, so the piece you've all been waiting for, well, I've been waiting for. You, you just want to tell your results. The results from the BDSM test. So this is the test which we did when we we're sitting in the pub, uh, having our drink, chatting away. Unfortunately, 
I lost my results. Because you didn't uh, subscribe to the website before I did. you did it. I just You didn't did send something. yourself the... No, well, I you didn't. did something as I did usual. Hmm? So I had to do it again today and my results were slightly different, but they were very similar. Yeah, I remember your f top one and it's still you're still 100% that. So yep. it's not massively different. I, I find this test can vary a lot depending on the mood you're in when you take it. So if you do it on two different days, you can have slightly different results. Yeah. And as you get more experience, you might get more, well, changes in your results as well. Yep. So what, what were your top ones or one? I had the top one at 100%, which was, I'm a 100% brat. So what's a brat? Um, isn't that a Serb who's being cheeky and challenging their dom? Oh, we have the official definition. I'll read it because I love reading definitions out. Brats are, in essence, naughty submissive. Hey, I had it. They find disobedience a form of playfulness. Playfulness! Yeah. Rather than letting their dominant down. And require a compatible dominant who will not only teach them a lesson, but also accept that any number of lessons might still not necessarily change his behavior. Brats typically match well with brat tamers. Which is a really good thing because I got brat tamer at 38%. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> But was that your only one at 100%? Uh, yeah, that was my only one. But you got dom at um, 46%, so you, you just need to be a bit more accepting bit more. of my uh, naughtiness. So I actually got four at 100% yeah, this time. Yeah, you are so many things, honey. I think last time I only had two at 100%, so it just shows how up and down it goes. So this time at 100%, I got four equal of exhibitionist, which, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Voyeur, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, rope bunny, so I love being tied up, which is funny because I haven't actually been tied up that much no usually you tie me up yeah that's just something i really like the idea of and it sounds really enjoyable mm. and it might be that i don't enjoy it once i do it and it's just the idea of being tied up it's something that really has built in my mind but i'd really like to be tied up and message, coming in message received <laughs> and coming in at number four 100 percent non-monogamy surprise surprise non-monogamy All right. Um, so then I have, I have four others quite high, with ninety-eight percent. I have brat tamer. So obviously it's a good co complement to the brat. So you I like have. being a brat and taming brats. Yeah, which might also go with the switch that I have, which is seventy-five, seventy-four percent. And switch is moving from being a sub to being a dom and reverse. So it's being able to do both. So it's being both a brat tamer and a brat, essentially, or being yeah. a dom and a sub. Yeah. So it kind of all makes sense. With switch on mine. But then before that, because I... Oh, do you have switch? Yeah, I'm 59% switch. That's not too bad. Yeah. Then I have Rob, rope bunny as well. It was 88%, so quite a bit, which is good. And then at 80% only, I guess. That's, that's a bit low, considering our lifestyle. Yeah. Non-modogamist. Yeah, well, 80% is quite a bit. 80% is still okay. 
And then 78% have submissive and 75% dominant. So it goes with the, the switch as well, I guess. That's interesting that you're 78% submissive and I've 70% 70, 70 submissive. But behind my top four at 100%, that's my highest. Yeah. Well, we already knew we, we, we knew we were both kind of submissive anyway. Yeah, both on the more submissive side. Yeah. I definitely thought I am more on the submissive side than you are. Yeah, because you don't enjoy being a dom that much. I do when I'm in the mood, but I'm not in the mood all the time. So if I just have to come from nowhere and you have to be dominant now, or be in a dom situation for sex, that's that's something which I find it hard to get into that role. Mm. Which is interesting because outside of the bedroom, definitely my work and everything requires me to be far more dominant than submissive. I can't remember where I got this, but I think a lot of, dom, um, a lot of subs are actually people who have a lot of responsibilities and more of a dom role in their working life. Mm. So maybe it's just like you give so much from nine to five that come the, comes the evening you want to relax and be a sub and let someone else decide for you. It's nice not have to worry about anything and just sit back and let it happen to you. Yeah. That's probably why also I like to be a submissive. Uh, then I had 69% hmm. exhibitionist. Oh. So definitely less of exhi exhibitionist than you. I don't know about that. I disagree with that. <laughs> what else did you have? I had experimentalist at 69%. Oh, I had it at 67%. Oh, so we're both experimentalists. Yeah, what does that mean though? Experimentalists want to have tried it all, have an open mind and an insatiable curiosity are their key features. And they will really form an opinion before they have gathered first-hand experience. They often have plenty of fantasies and will actively pursue to try them out. Hmm, cool. So what were your bottom ones? We've talked a lot about the top ones. Oh, yeah. What were the bottom couple? So your number one bottom. I just wanted to say that 63% yeah. I had Primal Hunter. And I thought that was interesting. You had it at 56. So... Being a hunter, that's how I, that's something I enjoy when we go to parties. Like I go in hunter mode and look around, try to find a prey. Yeah, definitely. That is something we do is eye up the room and get a feel for the room and who's there, yeah. who do we like the look of, what what are the interactions between the different groups. But I'm mean, not sure uh, that's actually what it means. So in the bottom, because we've talked a lot about what was in the strong percentage. Likes. Yeah. What so do you what have? are your strong dislikes? My strong dislikes with 2%. I only have one strong dislike. It's age player. Ah, so do you not like the idea of age play considering that you're a MILF and I'm a toy boy? That's a big shock for me. Well, that's the thing. We, we, we just stay in our ages, in our age groups. <laughs> <laughs> no, no playing from me that I'm a little girl or... <laughs> from you that you're a little boy for me actually i enjoy like every now and then if i'm going to watch porn or something like that is and i feel like something a bit outside the norm like old young like a much older woman and a younger man or a much older man and a younger woman i think that's has a certain appeal to it but yeah. it's not something which definitely it's not something which you incorporate and play and it's not something i'm overly interested yeah, in incorporating into play there's a difference between watching porn with an age difference or reenacting 
an age difference when you're having sex with your partner. Yeah. So, but that was my um, only one that was really low. What did you, what did you have? My only one which was really low, which was nine percent, and that was degradee. I guess I don't really doesn't really appeal to me the idea of being degraded, and I don't I don't think of degrading as being like called a slut and that sort of stuff. I think degrading is like the whole idea of actually laughing at someone and you know saying things just to actually get a emotional response from the person to make them feel bad and that's something which really just doesn't appeal to me interesting yeah i got i got 51 for degrade so oh you like being degraded uh, i guess i don't mind it too much i got i got 50 for degrader oh maybe right. we've got something we can try out <laughs> Yeah. What what else was interesting in that in that test that we haven't mentioned? I got forty nine percent vanilla, which I found was cute. Forty nine percent vanilla, huh? What was I my vanilla rating? Ooh, thirty nine. I'm only thirty nine percent vanilla. That's our BDSM test results. Next up, what do we think we're going to do in the future? So what's next for us now that we've decided that we want to try and explore kink a little bit more? What are we going to what are we going to try? More flogging? We're going to try more flogging. Um we we've talked for a while now about going to a torture gardens one day. Yeah, and actually we were just invited to go to torture garden next Friday. Is it torture garden or torture gardens? Torture garden. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's next Friday we were invited to go to torture garden with a group of people that are going, but I'm busy. Unfortunately, yeah, we already got plans on Friday, so we can't, which is a real shame because we really want to go. So we'll have to make sure we go back another time. Yeah, but it would be more fun to go with other people. I agree, as a group of people. Um, and also, rather than just going directly to Torture Garden, it'd be fun to go to a munch. Yeah, so can you describe what a munch is? So a munch is essentially a meet and greet or a social. It's a group of people who are interested in kink or BDSM getting together and discussing meeting other people And then sometimes it can be in a location which then leads on to play later, but often, more often than not, it's just in a pub or a bar or somewhere which actually isn't related to lifestyle at all. And if you're someone from the outside looking in, it's just a group of people meeting up. Who are these people all covered in latex talking to each other? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll go to one of these. Why not? So that was it for our first few doubles in the kink lifestyle. We sound really vanilla when we're talking about how much kink we have done and how much we know about it. People are probably just listening to this laughing at us. Depends, depends. If they have as much experience as us, maybe not. Maybe they're like, yeah, we're on par here. <laughs> I think we should do another episode in a year's time, year and a half time, and talk about it again and see how far we've come. He speed on me. I loved it. It was so good for my skin. <laughs> It's actually good for the skin, apparently. Or the urea. In, in urine. Well, there you go. Anyway. On to our listener question. Yes. So since last time I had to read that very long one, I think it's only fair that you're reading it this time. So who was tortured more last time? Was it you or the listeners having to listen? <laughs> Poor listeners. I'm really <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> But I got a hot flush from it, from all the efforts. So it was hard for me too. So up to you, Kiwi, after you're done with your wine. Wow, that's a big glass. Yep. 
It's okay, it's Tuesday. All right, so this is a question we got from a uh, woman. And and she said, I don't remove any of my body hair, half because I like it and half because I like to make a statement. How is body hair received in the lifestyle and will people be put off me because of my body hair? Wow, that's an interesting one and not an easy one, I would say. No, it's not. It's not an easy one to answer. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure where to start because there are so many layers to this. So I think the first thing we can say is that we can't answer whether someone will be put off you because of your body here or not. That's really up to each individual what they like. What we can do is tell you our experience with body hair, with ourselves and in the lifestyle. Yeah. We can talk about our body hair and what we do for grooming and then what we observe with other people. So myself personally, I had laser, but... Because my hair is quite blonde, it didn't work that well. It made it a it's lot... It's tough to be a ginger. I know. It's a hard life. It was just a lot of pain for little reward. So it's definitely reduced growth and whatnot. But um, So I use hair removal cream on my buttocks in between butt crack, perineum, um, yeah, and shave my balls every day. Every day? And, yeah, well, it's just with the electric shaver. So it takes an extra 20, 30 seconds just to touch up. Oh, I didn't realize you did it yeah. every day. And just around the base of the penis and then use the um, trimmer, long hair trimmer, to trim the pubes on the front really short. Not so short that they're spiky, but very short that they blend in. Also having blonde hair makes them blend in even more. Yeah, they blend in nicely with your skin. Yeah, I used to shave slash wax everything in front. But I stopped doing that about a year ago. I think it was not so good for ingrown hairs and also maintaining it all the time. Just painful as well. Mm. And also trim the hair under my armpits to be quite short. And on chest and stomach, trim that hair to be very short. But You're so groomed. Don't I don't wax or shave that. Wow. <laughs> you do actually a lot more than I do. <laughs> And trim my beard every day to make sure it's nice and yeah, nice, nice length all around, and shave the parts that I don't want to but have. But everyone can enjoy that. The rest, it's mostly just me. Um, so from my side, um, I've had laser years ago, so I don't have to worry about my armpits or my Brazilian much. Um, just a bit of um, shaving once in a while, but touch up. Yeah, touch ups only. Which is so good. It's the best investment I've ever done. And you've got a nice little landing strip shaped in there. Yes, which people love. Like, uh, when we post a photo where this is obvious, um, I get so many comments about my bush, as they call it. <laughs> um, so surprising. I think that people are so used to seeing... Um, completely shaven. Completely shaven female genitalia that... They're just surprised when they see one that's a bit more natural. Anyway, and then I, of course, do the legs um, with one of my machines, epilators. Mm. Um, Which pretty much like, has tiny, lots of tiny tweezers that just pull your hair out. Yeah, I've had that for years and years, so it, it's working well. Which I use from time to time. Yeah, you steal it from it's me. It's terribly painful. <laughs> it is painful, but on the legs, it's, it's okay. It's manageable. But that's about it for me. So I, I keep it simple. 
mostly thanks to the laser I did years and years ago. Yeah, it's worth the investment, everyone. Check it out if you haven't already. Yeah. If you're blonde, don't bother. But if you've got darker hair, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, so that's for us. But um, how about the people we've encountered in the lifestyle? For people in the lifestyle, I think the vast majority of people we've encountered either shave or trim very, very closely um, and even do some sort of shaping. Uh, there's some, there's a few people that we've uh, met who don't shave at all, um, but generally they haven't been as active in the lifestyle. Yeah, it would be more people that do the one-off. Yeah. But in the lifestyle, women mostly um, have no hairs left down there, which is not a look I'm particularly fond of, but that's just my opinion. I like it. It's not, it's not bad. But I do prefer a little bit of hair there. Mm. I prefer something there. Um, nice shape or anything like that. But I'm not against if it's completely all gone. I'm, no, I'm not grossed out either way. I like it. It's nice. It's Hair, hair is natural anyway. So a bit of hair is fine. No hair is fine. Yeah. Whatever. You just do you. But that's, I think we, that's because we don't have strong opinions on the matter. Yeah. I do like it to be well-kempt though, like people to make an effort to groom and tidy things up. I mean, if I'm going to be down there... Yeah. I don't want to be pulling pubes out of my teeth, so to say. <laughs> hmm. I don't want to floss my teeth. I want to oh. suck a cock. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yes, but how would you react if you met someone... Oh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a problem. As long as uh, clean. It's not a problem. I think that's a... The issue, a lot of people associate hair with um, being dirty when actually it has nothing to do with it. You can be you can be completely shaven and be dirty or you can have a lot of hair and just have showered. It's, it's not the same. Yeah. It's not related. But the expression clean shaven makes it sound like... Um, it is related to cleanliness. Yes. But I think it's just an association in our minds. Mm-hmm. So how about other other body here, like armpits? Do you have any opinion on that? I think we've just been conditioned by society to see it as dirty in a woman and to accept it in a man, but really it should be accepted in both or, or rejected in both, but I don't think we should have a different stance when it comes to a woman's armpits. I, I prefer no hairs. No hair? I keep saying no hairs. No hair under the arm. I've never encountered someone like that, so I'm not sure. But in my mind, I wish I would, I would be stronger than what society dictates us. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense, and I agree with you. The fact that I wish it didn't matter to me, and it is probably something which has been conditioned into me. And if someone decides that they don't, or if a woman decides that they don't want to shave their armpits, good on them. I'm not going to not interact with someone because they have unshaven armpits, but. I know, given a preference, I would choose shaven armpits or wax. I know that's probably, you know, conditioned into me, but I like what I like. At least we're aware of it, yep. which is the first step. But we're not armpit, um, we don't have armpit fetishes anyway, so it's not like we usually lick armpits or anything. So yeah, it's not major if we can't really lick an armpit because it's hairy. <laughs> <laughs> And also, I do prefer if men trim their armpits as well, rather than 
having you know some men have very hairy long armpits ones, and yeah. quite long <laughs> want to make a plat out of it yeah <laughs> and it's the same i've seen a few men out there who have shaved or waxed their pubes entirely but they've got a very hairy stomach and chest oh, yes. and i think that for me looks a bit out of place and i think that's a situation where better to leave some of your pubes if you've got long hair on your stomach and chest trim your pubes don't completely remove them and go from a hairy forest to a desert <laughs> oh i like your comparison obviously disclaimer this is all our personal opinions and is no judgment of anyone who falls into these categories so i guess to sum up and answer not answer your question you probably want your money back after asking this question <laughs> apply for refunds at sharingiscaringpodcast.com but to answer your question the vast vast majority of people in the lifestyle groom quite a bit yeah short hair or no hair is the norm if you didn't do anything with your hair at all yes it would be an exception um but for us, no, it wouldn't be a problem playing with you. And for everyone else out there, I can't answer about that. Especially, uh, you know, leg hair, when it grows, it becomes soft anyway. So it's just, we probably wouldn't notice that, that even. Actually, that's a good point, yeah. I would rather untrimmed hair, like long pubic hair, than hair which is Growing just back. that length, which is really spiky. <laughs> Yeah, like grating on your face or something like that. So I think that's the worst time. So it either needs to be a couple of days later or a couple of days earlier. Or even weeks later and then woohoo. So do you have anything more to say on that subject? I think we're trying to be accepting. And in general, in lifestyle, you have a mix of people who are really accepting because they're doing it because they want to embrace their bodies and other people's bodies. And then other people who are more judgmental. So it really depends on the people you're going to meet. Alright, if you want to submit a listener question or get in contact with us, we love hearing from you. So find us on Twitter. We are at Kiwi and Sherry, or one word. You can email us at kiwiandsherry at gmail.com or you can find us on our website at www.sharingiscaringpodcast.com Much love to the people who have rated us on iTunes. You're awesome. For the rest of you, if you have 10 seconds to spare, please do give us a rating and leave us a review. And we'll also send some of that love your way. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Sharing is Caring. Join us next time to actually continue our journey. And remember, sharing is caring. Do what? We're swinging again. I like your mini <laughs> You can keep it for the bloopers. <laughs> So number seven is shocking, I think. No, it's number it's nine, Shane. Dominus. <laughs> That's going to be a long one. <laughs> it stands for... Pour yourself a drink, people. <laughs>